Hello and welcome to a new episode of Herb Take Today. I am Ethan Spazarski. I'm here with Jesse Marshall. Jesse, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, my name is Jesse Marshall. I tweet about the Penguins and I write about them uh, sometimes for The Athletic and uh, do things like that on the radio, talk about them uh, all over the city of Pittsburgh as much as I can and that's pretty much it. We like to talk about the uh, the fancy stats and the uh, the little video analysis there. All right, I like I like that. Uh, that seems like the dream. Talk radio stats, sports. I'd love to do that. Um. All right. So something I think we should I think that's on everybody's mind. A question that we've all been concerned about is uh, the talk of you know Sidney Crosby. He's hurt with his wrist, uh, and Malkin's out with his knee injury. So luckily Crosby will be back. Hopefully. Uh, soon in the after a couple games in the start of the season but what's your take on this Crosby Malkin injury do you think it's uh, I mean do you think it's something that the Penn should be concerned about Crosby Malkin what's the take here I mean like if you think back though um, you know just historically speaking I think the team does have a tendency to play like a tighter game when those guys are out of the lineup like perhaps I don't know, more simplistic is the word we're looking for, right? Um, I think that's a real thing. So I'm not I'm not super concerned. I mean, Crosby's going to make the trip, right? So he'll, he'll be um, with the team as they sort of make their way through Florida. That's, you know, I think, you know, super encouraging. I think that that puts him, you know, arguably, I think, a little bit ahead of what his initial timetable was, which you know, somewhere around six weeks. So, you know, I think a good shot he'll beat that. Um, I don't think he's going to be out for very long. Now, Malkin's the one that, you know, we're talking months here, right? So, you know, I think that the, the burden sort of falls on Jeff Carter, um, you know, to kind of shoulder that load and prove, I think, that um, what he did last season wasn't just a one-off aberration, right? Like, it's got to be repeatable, and the team really needs it at this point. Uh, it's almost a necessity. So I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. This isn't really a team that traditionally does well in November and October anyway. Uh, you know, they, they know, I think, when the important hockey gets underway, right? So they don't ever really sell out and go for broke, um, you know, out in the early portion of the season like that. So I think that uh, I think they'll be just fine. They probably just need to tread water for a little bit at, at the very, very worst. And I don't think they're going to have any trouble with that. Fun fact, just a little information here. The first five games will be, obviously, as you mentioned before, taking a little Florida trip. We start off the season against Tampa. We had to Florida, and then we have a, a nice homestand, steady homestand. But the first three home games are against uh, Blackhawks, Flurry returning again. Uh, against the Stars, and then we bring on the Maple Leafs back at the paint can as well. Uh, something Brutal, I think, by the way. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited because they have. I'm very excited for the Tampa game. I feel like it's going to be a. I mean, I'm interested to see how they handle it because Crosby led the team last year with 62 points in the regular season, but something I think Islanders completely shut him down, and he was one of the. He had some of the fewest points on the team. He only produced two points in six games in the playoffs that they had this year. Um, but I think it's important to step up and see. Let's see what Brian Rust and Jake Getzel can do with that first line as well, because 
we want to see what we want to see what they can do because last uh, postseason they they failed to produce. There's talk like maybe are they going to be traded? Is there going to be some front where they're you know exported out? Because I know they're I mean they just really undersold themselves and really didn't produce uh, any points. But I think stepping up there as well. But I also am um, curious to see um, Jeff Carter if I recall. Uh, regular season pretty normal maybe like less average start with his transition to Pittsburgh but the playoffs is where he really turned it on I believe he had six points in those six games scored a lot of goals a lot of highlight reels um I I mean that's personally just my opinion but I I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of the uh treading water and uh I mean Crosby traveling out there and they just need to hold out for a little longer and play a little tight defense and I think when it comes to the top line, you know, there's always like two things. You know, there's always one of two things I think that could be happening, if whether it's in a single series or over a stretch of time that your your top line or a line is not scoring. They're either not scoring and they're drowning in scoring chances, right? Or they're not scoring and they're not getting any scoring chances at all. And I there's you know both stink right like they both are like suboptimal yeah. outcomes right like yeah you pretty much but you want like you can rest your head on that first one to say like look like my process is sound right i just need to keep repeating it chances coming my way you know the law of averages so to speak right are going to work their way out here the other side of it is just panic right because there's nothing you've nothing to there, there's no there's no plan b so you know I know they weren't on the score sheet and it's, you know, it doesn't mean a lot to say, you know, that they had a boatloads and metric tons of chances and they just didn't go in. But, you know, that, that is kind of what the story of that first round was for me is, you know, I heard a lot about, you know, the Islanders, you know, defensive unit, you know, maybe shutting them down, quote unquote, or, you know, creating problems for them. But I don't consider it a win. I think it's a coach. If Sidney Crosby had no points but spent 70, you know, 5% of the game in the offensive zone, you know, that's going to make me nervous, you know, that eventually things are probably going to come back to bite me, you know, and, and that that's kind of what that, that, that what had happened in that playoff series. Now, like, look, like for Jake Gensel, you know, I know people are getting really impatient. And then, you know, I think back to the series against Philadelphia, you know, where he had a you know, he was just putting goals in like nobody's business and taking an absolute beating too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think he's there. I don't think this changed. You know, I think coming out of the pandemic, you know, he was in a situation where he just wasn't even really supposed to be playing, right? Like, you know, had there not been this pandemic that shut the whole world down for several months, he wouldn't even have been in the playoffs uh, because of his injury. Yeah. Um, so it's tough to judge that, right? The whole team stunk. Um and then, you know, again, you know, you have, you, know, you know, a couple games this year, this last year. I just, I don't, I don't, for me, I don't think Jake Gensel's story has changed. I don't think he's been, you know, bad enough or, or rough enough in certain areas in the playoffs that uh, I'm concerned. I, again, I think the puck's just got to go in. And, um, you know, I, I think if they just continue to repeat their process, um, that's going to happen sooner or later. I thought it was quite interesting. Kind of whenever you start talking about, you know, uh, is the line being on there getting chances and not scoring, or just not scoring at all, not producing? I just I was excited. I know my favorite, probably 
my favorite part of the entire Islander series was that fourth line was Zach Gaston Reese, Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tenev. They were shoving bodies and they were taking chances and shooting at the net. Um, obviously that line has lost, uh, Brandon Tenev had a, who is, uh, head over during the expansion draft to Seattle, but I was very excited. They produced a lot of points and they really stepped up, which I think that was maybe a pause we could take away from there, but kind of shifting off, but also kind of staying on it with Malkin Crosby now adding Latang into the mix. Um, do you, do you have a timetable? How long do you think we can have this three headed monster still in Pittsburgh? Or do you think they're going to retire? I believe, I mean, personally, I think they're going to all retire penguins. I don't think the franchise wants to see them go and they'll do anything they can to keep them in here, but What's your take on it? How long do we have left of this three-headed monster? I mean, considering, you know, how uh, competitive they still are, I mean, I don't think there's a timetable on it. You know, I, I think that I think that the forwards are probably the ones that are most likely to retire here. Um, you know, what makes it tough for Latang is, you know, you only play six defensemen, right? So if somebody's degrade, the game degrades to a point, you can't hide that, you know, we, the Penguins sort of tried it with Jack Johnson for a long time. It didn't work. So I, I think that, uh, you know, it makes it more likely that maybe you see him get moved. I'm not saying that's going to happen, right? I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he got a little bit of a, um, a ride it out deal, you know, that kept him here while he was still competitive and allowed him to make a smart decision for himself. Um, I, I do think Malkin will play the longest. I just oh, think that. Interesting. Yeah, you know, think of it this way too. Like, when the Penguins take the ace at home, who comes out last? Malkin. <laughs> Should yeah. be the other way around, right? But like, he always yeah. like flexed that Super League tenure over Crosby. And Malkin as a kid now, you know, he's a dad. Like Sidney Crosby, a lot of that peripheral stuff he's put off, right? Like he's delayed those parts of his life to focus on this. And I just don't think he's going to do that forever. You know, I don't I don't think he will. And I don't think he'll play his way into a point of irrelevancy. Um, you know, they will call it quits on his terms. He'll disappear uh, and go to Halifax and live in the woods for a decade. <laughs> and it'll be sort of like a Lemieux situation where eventually he'll own the team uh, and you'll never hear from him. But he'll be sitting up in a booth somewhere, you know, watching down from above. <laughs> um, and Malkin, to me, is just the kind of guy who uh you know he's yager-esque almost in his desire to continue to play the game um and and i think i wouldn't be shocked if he you know he put a good shift in you know for for the penguins retired from the national hockey league and went back and played a season for magnetogorsk you know i wouldn't i wouldn't rule that out either you know um but i yeah i think i don't think we're close let's put it that way i don't think we're like gonna wake up next year in october and get ready for the season having missed you know, missing one of the aforementioned players. I think that they're going to continue, you know, people are going to, this, this season, I think, especially, um, you know, when it comes to Crosby will be very groundhog day for a lot of people, a lot of people who think he's going to slow down and don't five centers in the league anymore and all that stuff, you know, you'll get to April and they'll be like, well, well, I knew it all along, you know, like (laughs) joining in with the rest of us, but no, I'm not, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm saved. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I said this the other day to somebody else too, Ethan, like I'm savoring it, you know, yeah. like I think now you have to be at the point where like every time they play, you got to take a deep breath at some point and like appreciate the fact that it's still going on. Yeah. Um, we're at that point, but we're not at the point where like, you got to start getting the Kleenex out yet. Uh-uh. I, it's kind of interesting to me. Cause you know, these three are, we call, I just, I refer to them as the three headed monster, but it's ironic. Cause 
they don't all three play together all the time because usually either one or two of them's dealing with an injury and the other one's healthy and producing points. Uh, well, not only that's Ethan, but you know, for from Latang's perspective, he can only play with one at a time. He can. I mean, there is one less of them. I mean, defensive. There's three uh, two man pairs there, especially with the defense. And I think it's quite interesting because he's a he's definitely been a leader and a step up guy. We've seen him do it. I've seen him. I think his scoring has gotten better as he's gotten older as well. He's produced more goals. Uh, I I personally I don't know how I feel about that Malkin or Crosby take though. I feel Malkin's been hurt. I feel like Malkin, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player. I just, he gets hurt way too easily. Every time I turn around, it's like either a knee, there's a hip, like there's back, something. And when it comes down to it, Crosby's an aggressive guy, and Crosby will go after you a little bit. And he's like, it's like an Alexander Ovechkin or like a kind of switching sports, a Tom Brady aspect. Like, you don't like him when he's not on your team, but when he's on your team, you love him to death. Mm-hmm. So I think. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that Crosby take. I do agree. I like the take you had on how, you know, what's not, I don't think it's going to be a year. Shouldn't get our clinics is out. Actually, that's pretty insightful. I never really looked at like that, but uh, I think Crosby, I liked your, I also like what you said about Crosby, you know, pulling a Lemieux, going out to the woods, come back, going to the team. I I definitely could see that happening, but uh, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sold on Malkin being that guy yet i think actually if anybody i think malkin retires first uh i don't i see crosby playing out until for a while i see also doing that with the tang uh kind of shifting gears we're going to head over to the goaltender position i think so that's something also that the penguins also including um them should be looking at is this tristan jari situation so tristan jari went 25 and 9 in the regular season he allowed just under three goals a game, 2.75. He played uh, 39 games fully. He allowed 100 goals, which means his save percentage was about almost a 91%. And then he hit the postseason when they took on the New York Islanders, of which they played the Islanders, what it was, it, eight times last year in the regular season? Yes. They, so they played the Islanders eight times in the regular season. So eight of those 39 games – and I mean, they pretty, I mean, Christian Jari wasn't anything too bad. Then you hit the postseason. He goes two and four overall, two, two and two, technically. He's allowing over three goals a game. His save percentage is under 90%. Uh, he's allowing about just over, I mean, it was 21 goals in the six game series they had. What's your take? What should, how should the Penguins handle this Tristan Jari situation heading into this new year? We got to play him, right? Um, you know, I don't think they can hide him. I think they got to find out what's there, what they have, and, you know what? What's uh, you know what the situation is? Um, there's been stretches of good. There's been stretches of bad. That playoff performance was you know just bar none horrible. Uh, F grade all the way around for him. No redeeming aspect to it whatsoever. From playing the puck to saving the puck to the decision making, it was a failure top to bottom. So uh, if there's an indication, I think you know moving into Christmas and looking into the new year that that is not changing, right? And and you give him time. And, and I said on Twitter today, like, you know, don't microanalyze him to death. Look at it in three-game samples, five-game samples. Look at the trend. See what the overall picture is. You know, don't live and die by every puck. I think, mean, you know, take a big-picture look at it. But again, I mean, we get into the holidays, and it's there's concern. You know, something's going to have to give. Um, they, they can't. You know, I don't think Casey Dismiss equipped to lead them to a Stanley Cup. Oh, God, no. Um, you know, he's a backup. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, preaching about how, you know, I think Philip Lindbergh is great, but he, this is his first pro year. He's going to, you know, he's not yeah. ready for that yet. Luis Domingue is not ready for that yet. Um, things change and, and, and landscapes change once a season begins and what's priority for organization. October suddenly changes given injury and everything else. Um, the reason I say that is because, like, you know, I wouldn't rule out the fact that Ron Hextall is probably still furiously looking uh, at the options. And I think the Penguins were in on a few things in the offseason that they got priced out of. You know, look at the, the contract mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper got, right? Like, there's no mm-hmm. way they, they could have even possibly been a part of those conversations. Um, I- it was probably a bit of like a hello, how much, thank you, have a good day. Uh, you know, like, yeah. So So it can happen in the season. Right, though that that's the thing, and 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 again, what what where a goalie may not be available from an org, you know, in October they lose three defensemen. All of a sudden, now they need to give up a goalie, you know, to get a need back the other way, and and that's the kind of trade I envision happening should it happen. Um, you know, I I I, I have, you know was watching Tristan Jari, um, the year he got drafted, and I think he played like 13, 12 games or something. He was not a starter. I've watched him every year of his career since then. I still think he's got uh, talent all throughout his game, but the decision-making side to things, you know, um, puck management, game management, uh, those are the things that haven't really followed him to the National Hockey League, which is a concern. So uh, we're going to find out is the answer to your question. Um, but the Penguins, you know, Ron Hextall has got to have um, – you know, uh, an ace up his sleeve for this because uh, this is it's it's not really a tenable situation to get the same result from him again this year. You know, something I wish and I kind of miss right now is that it's just I don't know. I feel like this is kind of like deja vu. I mean, because let's think of it: we had Flurry and Murray. Flurry gets exported out. They because heads to Vegas. Murray moves up. Jari moves in. Next thing you know, Murray struggles. Murray gets out. Jari moves up. DeSmith is now the backup. I think DeSmith is a good backup. I do like him a lot. I think he has potential to be really good, believe it or not. Uh, obviously, I kind of liked what the tandem thing they had going last year, but obviously he's not anywhere near, uh, I think, leading any team to a Stanley Cup. I think he's a good backup, like I mentioned before. Ideally, I really would like to – there's two goalies. I think that maybe three max, like I really would like to see. I'd love – I thought – I mean, the Pens could have potentially brought in Frederick Anderson. I think, uh, I think that Chris Drieger would have been a good also pickup as well. He really produced for Florida, especially. And I think something that I would have fantasized about, or probably the most unrealistic but most exciting, I would have been if the Penguins made a move for Philip Grubauer. I really liked what he did with the Colorado Avalanche last year, and how, you know, I really liked his performance. And it sucks how they went out in the second round, but I mean, overall, I'm kind of excited to see what Jari does this year. But I. I like the, you know, by the holidays, if, if things aren't going well, I can see Jari getting out of here and we, Penn's making a move to change some goaltender situations up in here. They're not going to have, like I said, they don't have a choice, right? You know, if things mm-hmm. degrade and it doesn't go the way they think or uh, they prefer, you know, they're going to have to make, a, they're going to have to make a change. Um, my big, yeah, I, I, Linus Allmark was the one that I really was kind of like secretly hoping for. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know, the cost prices were just, outrageous in free agency um, yeah and, and it just it was so inflated that there was just no chance so 
Um, that's that's the that's the reality of the old cap life there, right? Exactly. Uh, this is the life we're living in. And, uh, that long-term injured reserve money, you know, you're always in a bad spot, Ethan, when long-term injured reserve savings make a huge impact on your season, unless you're Tampa um, and you cheat. Uh, but for the Penguins, you know, that's how bad their situation currently is. This money they're saving <laughs> is really going to help them out. Um, and uh, you, you got to think they're going to be looking for ways to unload salary here somewhere. And um, Not only, you know, potentially getting a goalie, but we look at the left side of that defensive core. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of in the same vein. There's sacrifice that could be made, I think, in that area. So, you know, Hextall's got the goods. I mean, you know, and I wouldn't, you know, I, I think that the assets internally and, you know, the, the people, you know, I think around the league have suggested that the, you know, there are a lot of franchises and organizations that still think there's something too jarry. Um, so you yeah. know, I don't think that you know it, the, the book's completely written off him yet. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I I kind of like to take there. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of funny reminding me because I'm I mean I love hockey, but football's kind of my number one sport. I think it's funny how you know the Dallas Cowboys pour over so much money to so many of their players, and then they're out here struggling and they're just just hitting the cap mark and. It, I'm looking at the cap right now with some of these goaltenders. It's just crazy. These some of these contracts, like there's six year, thirty five mil. There's uh, uh, Linus Allmark. I'm pretty sure he just signed a twenty mil uh, five year deal too, right? Or averaging for or four year five mil a year. I think that's. I mean, heading over to Boston, I think he'll produce better than he did with uh, Buffalo by a lot. But uh, final question, kind of wrapping up here, is um, I want to ask if you had any bold predictions or serious takes uh, heading into this new season, anything you're excited for any player that's standing out on your radar? What's, what's this? Uh, give me the tea. I think so. A couple, I'll throw, I'll throw you a couple out. I'll throw you a couple. I think that John Marino plays more similarly to year one, John Marino than year two, John Marino. Uh, okay. So I, I think the penguins get a lot out of him on that second pairing. Yeah. And you kind of see him become like a Paul Martin. That's Ooh. my vision for John Marino is like Paul Martin, right? I think they're, they're kind of the same player to me in a good way. Um, and I think this is the year that he really puts it all together and matures into that. Um, you know, Brock McGinn doesn't hit people a lot um, and doesn't really engage a lot physically, but I think people are going to love him. And I, and I think that the, the loss of Brandon Tannen will be felt in like memes only. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really it memes but otherwise i think you're getting a player that is super capable and built for this system um probably a little bit a little bit more cerebral in how he goes about his business um you know than than tanev was uh, and maybe sometimes i think even maybe a little less noticeable in certain ways um yeah but uh and the final one is i think that before it's all over with because you know there's going to be injuries right of course there's we know that injuries it's... with every team Arena's cursed. Yeah. They build it on the old West Penn Hospital. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. I think Nathan Legary gets the first call. Really? Yeah, I think he, before anybody else, I think, you know, of, of all the young pups, I think he did the most in camp to make a good impression, scored in the preseason for Wilkes-Barre last night. Um, I, I just have a feeling that uh, there's something about him that they really like. I think he's adapted himself. He lost a lot of weight, uh, and I think he's adapted yes. himself to – 
probably forecheck a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I would tell you this, Ethan. I think that when he was drafted, he was a player that, to me, was probably a little bit more like James Neal. Okay. And what I mean by that was very one-dimensional. He had a great shot, right? And, and that shot was very, very good, but that was all he had. That was it. And now he's sort of this multi-tool player that still has that really, really good shot, but now he's really good, um, you know, uh, 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 in one-on-one situations or, or breakaway situations. Now you see him forechecking now. So I, don't know, I think those extra facets and developments um, sort of make him a little bit more of an organizational player than we, we might have thought before. When you say James Neal, I think, oh, hop around for play each team for about a year, get you know league minimum 750K. But I know, right? Yeah. Well, nowadays, we forget, though, like he scored 40 goals in Pittsburgh, right? Like that's. I do remember his old days in Pittsburgh. I do remember those. I was, I mean, I was younger, which is sad, but I'll, I mean, yeah, no. I think something that you mentioned that I want to quickly just mention I want the Penguins, I think they need to be way more physical than they are. They definitely don't get enough hits in a game, they get their butts handed to them at times. People aren't afraid to, you know, lay them out, especially against like teams like Philly. Like when we go up against them, we're going to get hit a lot. They're that they're more of a physical team. The Pens aren't, and I think the Pens need to find a guy. And I think getting, I saw Boyle. Yeah, Brian Boyle's probably Brian Boyle. one of the big ones. Yeah, I I want him. I I want to see him. I hope that we can get some hits and we can be more physical team. I think that's going to be really important. Uh, I did notice that earlier in the year there's chance John Marino was going to be sent to Chicago that has dire down. Is that correct? That would be news to me. Oh, interesting. I, I saw, um, I follow multiple hockey outlets on Instagram and it was, um, crap. What is it? I think it's like, uh, I forget what it was. It was like hockey empire or something like that, but I'll have to show it to you at one point, but it's, yeah, Senator, I mean, I, here's the thing I will tell you though. I think that, um, if you think about ceiling only, right. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned Paul Mart, you know, yes, only half joking about that. Yes. Um, I think if you get that out of him, you know, a year from now or this year on his on his on the deal that he's on, that's like a bargain, you know, yeah. that, that you're just you're milking that. Um, so I think it's it's a wait and see thing. You know, I think it's I for the Penguins perspective, it's just too soon. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that they're the books written for them yet. And the, the question isn't whether or not I think he'll be a part of the team. Like the question is at what level, right? Like, yes. is this a guy that eventually can slot up, you know, to the to top pairing, you know, in Latang's, you know, uh, aging years? Though I say that he played 29 minutes in the preseason the other night. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying, though. I mean, I think that the question is as to what level can they trust him, and I think that's that's what they're looking for the answer for this year. I I really I want the best for John Marino. I mean, he's young, still young, obviously. He's exciting. Um, I think a take, if I'm going to pick any player that's going to have a standout year or step up, I, when I think about it, I, I just got to go. I want, I think Brian Russ is going to step up this year. I think we're going to see a lot more. I personally thought he was the fastest. I always, I always have argues with people about, you know, him potentially arguably, is he the fastest skater? I think he is. I think he's exciting. And I love whenever he gets down, you know, when he's, when it's just one-on-one, he's moving down the ice sprinting trying to get some pressure maybe set up a shot or two um but i think brian rust can have a really good year i want him to step up from last year uh and uh actually as we wrap up that statement that is going to finish up today's episode i am uh, ethan spazarski i was joined here today by jesse marshall jesse uh, tweets for the penguins talks about the penguins writes about the penguins with the athletic 
I hear it's really good stuff. Please feel free to check him out, out on The Athletic. Check his Twitter. It's pretty good stuff. Uh, Jesse, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Thank you for spreading your knowledge and wealth with my young, juicy mind. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your night. Appreciate it, my friend, and enjoy the season. Oh, yes. Let's go. Let's hear it. I'm really excited. Pray for Mike Lang, too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.